everyone, I'm Kiana, and I'd like to welcome you to Toronto Nature Now, brought to you by CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto and the Toronto Field Naturalists. The Toronto Field Naturalists are a volunteer-run, non-profit nature conservation organization, connecting people with nature and wildlife in the Toronto area. Today, I'm talking to Francesca Buaun, who's here to talk about wildlife at Ontario Place. Francesca lives near Toronto and is passionate about Ontario Place. She's worked and volunteered in museums and cultural organizations around Toronto, and currently works in museum collections. She's greatly interested in how we live and interact with wildlife in urban parks and is normally found outside of work on a lakeshore trail with binoculars. She is currently volunteering with the group Ontario Place for All, who are campaigning for a future public space at the park rather than proposed privatization of the land. Here's what Francesca had to say. So hi, Francesca. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm very excited to have been invited. I'm really excited to talk about our topic, which is wildlife at Ontario Place. So I guess just for people who may not be as familiar with Toronto, where is Ontario Place? Yes, good start. Um, So Ontario Place is right on the the waterfront. Um, It's this series of connected uh, man-made islands opened in uh, early 1970s. And it's this really interesting landscape. So you've got these very iconic architectural structures, um, these big floating pods, the Cinesphere, which was um, the first IMAX theatre in the world. And then you've got these natural landforms that create places to sit by the lake, um, a small pebble beach. And the whole thing opened as a response to the expo in Montreal. And so it's this showcase of of Ontario and Ontario's landscape and uh, a place to showcase the province, really. Um, And then throughout the decades, it saw all kinds of different attractions. There was uh, the kids' village or the children's village, the the forum, a lot of uh, musical performances, uh, theme park, water park, all these different iterations of the site. And unfortunately, it ended up closing in, in 2012. And parts of the site ended up reopening just as is. And right now, if you go down there this afternoon, it's uh, essentially functioning as a big waterfront park. Right. I, I'm not from Toronto, but I think I used to go to daycare and we would take little day trips to the little parks there. So I haven't been in a while, but I didn't know they closed down, which is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for a lot of people, you know, it has a big nostalgia factor. They remember going to the, the children's village and they remember coming down to the to the waterfront, to maybe watching the air show. So I think a lot of people have memories of the, of the park, but it's still used by a lot of people today. I, I, the province puts the stati- uh, statistic about a million people that use it just as a, a park. So, you know, that it's it doesn't have the big attractions that it opened with necessarily, but it's well used. Yeah, for sure. And so what drew you to Ontario Place? Well, I first started walking around really about 2016, 2017, as, as one area of the site was being developed from a car park into a park that's a trillion park. So as I mentioned, you know, there aren't any of the, the theme park is, is 
aspects aren't open. Um, but the Cinesphere was showing films and the trails were all open for people to walk around. So I live nearby um, in an area that is a, a very dense neighborhood in the city. And this is a kind of big open part of the lakeshore to walk around. So it's very popular with people uh, running, cycling, dog walking. And I used it so basically as a local park. And I it's a, when I first visited, it's a very eclectic landscape. And uh, you've got this kind of secluded beach and remnants of some of the, the rides. And I, I was really just blown away that it was all open to walk around. Uh, and then when Trillium Park opened in 2017, it was just a really beautiful creation. Like I said, you know, former car park, and now it's full of native trees, uh, flowers, and and this amazing indigenous placemaking uh, all throughout the park as well. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a local park for me. Yeah. And I, from what I remember, it is a beautiful place. Yeah. Right, right by the water. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so why is it a good location for birds and wildlife? Right. So all, you know, having talked about all of those slightly unusual aspects, this may be uh, a bit intriguing to hear that it's such a good spot for wildlife because you know, it's these these man-made islands and there's a lot of built architectural form there as well. But as I'm sure some of your uh, listeners know, it's Toronto's right where these two major migration flyways converge. So as big as uh, busy a city as, as we're in, it, we're in a really special spot when it gets to times like migration. You know, you've got which is just picking up now. I was down at the park this morning and, and saw about 40 species. But we're in this spot where these huge migration paths of, uh, of birds are making their way up to the Arctic and the boreal forest, and they're stopping here uh, for a rest. So um, I think it's a really special place for people to have that interaction with, with wildlife. Um, I mean, if you're standing on the south shore of the park, you can see to one side you've got Toronto Islands, Tommy Thompson, you know, you look to the other side, you can see Humber Bay and Colonel Sam Smith Park just around, around the bay. So it's part of this connected points of land which curl out into the lake and I don't provide really critical stopover point for uh, for birds and migration. But then, you know, aside from that, throughout the year, you've got a really nice mix of evergreen, deciduous trees, lots of low shrubs and bushes. Uh, so a, a great mix of uh, uh, trees and plants, which are obviously making it a good spot for wildlife. Um, and then you've got lots of nice channels of water and, and sheltered bays. So you can see some amazing winter ducks, for example, uh, buffleheads, red-breasted mergansers all enjoy those, those sheltered spots. Um, or other times of year, you might see uh, pied-billed green in, in those areas. Uh, in summer, it's also really great for turtles as well. So northern map turtles, painted turtles, and they all enjoy those those sheltered channels of water. Um, so a, a nice mixture of landscape makes it a great spot for wildlife. Yes, that seems like they they all must be partying there together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know the site isn't huge, but um, a, a really amazing amount of of different uh, of different spaces. In just a small space. Yeah, for sure. And so what kind of species at risk have you seen there? Um, so species at risk is is interesting because if you're there, probably within the next uh, couple of weeks, you're going to start to see real big numbers of swallows arriving. Um, so 
barn swallows, uh, cliff swallows and tree swallows. Also bank and northern roughwing, which is kind of amazing. Uh, but barn swallows are there in really big numbers and uh, they're uh, you know, a species of concern in Ontario. So whatever happens with the um, redevelopment of the site, those have to be taken into consideration. Um, and then also, you know, in, in migration, it's been fun to see some kind of unusual sites like grasshopper sparrow or meadowlarks, all these birds that are facing um, threats to their, their regular habitat. So it's exciting when you, you when you see them in, in spots like this downtown, you can feel, you know, assured that at least they found a safe spot for that day. Yeah, for sure. It's especially with well, I go to TMU, so being in the midst of the city, it's nice to see that there are kind of places removed from the city life close by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're Ontario Place, just to just to the north, you've got some really big uh, residential areas, you know, Parkdale, Liberty Village, um, City Place, and you might not associate those spots with uh, with being great for, for bird watching, <laughs> but... I remember going down there um, to Ontario Place one morning, and it's in May, uh, maybe four or five years ago, when I was just starting to observe the birds around us. And I saw, and it was in really quick succession, I saw a scarlet tanager, um, a black burning warbler, indigo bunting, and a magnolia warbler. So immediately, really vivid colors, you know, reds, blues, orange, yellow. And I I was so excited. I got home trying to look up... I must have seen something really exotic, but um, yeah, they're actually quite frequently moving through here. So uh, that was really special to to have that insight into understanding that we're we're really surrounded by some amazing nature, and and as soon as you start to observe just a little bit closer, uh, their whole new world opens up. You know, right downtown. That's great imagery. I like to imagine that. Well, I'm I'm like to imagine now that you walked in on a secret meeting of the colorful birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I'd be let into a secret, but uh, but it really is, you know, just just happening around us. And I think uh, we've all probably noticed during the pandemic, but um, I think our our lives are really enriched when we have these these small connections and small um, meetings with nature. So it's uh, it's special to to see that somewhere like Ontario Place. Yes, of course. And so you kind of mentioned in the beginning, but what's happening with the redevelopment plans at Ontario Place? Right. So um, currently, uh, if you go down to the site just now, you'll see that there's a a large crane set up for work that's being carried out around the pods and the uh, the cinesphere to to do some renovations. The real larger um, development proposal was announced by the, the current provincial government in, uh, in in 2019, they put out a call for redevelopment proposals and there was not a lot of transparency around how this all, uh, how this process went down. The big focus of concern is that there are areas as part of this proposal that are being um, handed over to private tenants. So. We don't know any details of the leases, um, but for example, the entire West Island is being handed over to a group called Therma, and they're planning a, a really massive spa and wellness facility that will uh, take over the whole island and require a significant amount of lake filling too to create um, a pathway around the building. The reason it's concerning is, well, it's essentially privatizing a large spot of currently public waterfront park 
But uh, the the proposal as well is um, a really enormous, you know, nine story glass complex uh, at the shoreline. It's 45 meters at its highest point. Um, It's a a paid entry facility and it's going to require an underground five story parking lot on the on the waterfront as well. And it's being heavily subsidized by public money. So, you know, I've just hopefully created a nice picture of (laughs) um, nature and wildlife that you can see at the waterfront currently. And this is going to have just a massive impact on on what we see at the the waterfront and those kind of migratory uh, habitats. Yes, I I totally get it. And unfortunately, it seems like there won't be many private meetings with the colorful birds anymore because of that. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, um, anytime you have an enormous glass structure like this, of course, you're thinking about um, the impacts of of bird strikes. Uh, So that is that would be a huge environmental concern. Um, but also this development is is requiring the cutting of, of about or over 800 trees on the West Island. And that's obviously going to, to impact the environment there as well. Yeah, for sure. And so how can people get involved in trying to protect Ontario Place? Well, I've been uh, volunteering recently with a group called Ontario Place for All, uh, who would like to see public real public consultation and public input into what happens to the future of the site because that was really not part of the discussion um, from the current provincial government when they released their plans and we'd like to see a, a public space for for everyone and so uh we've been laying out on on social media uh, ontario place for all uh and through regular newsletters ways that you can have a say, essentially, in what happens. So that includes something like a letter we have to sign that will go to the premier, the ministers involved. You can contact your, if you live in Toronto, your local city councillor, which is is very crucial because the development application is going through city planning approvals just now. Um, But really, this is a conversation for everyone in the province because it it is going to affect everyone. And... uh, everyone is going to be subsidizing this development. So your local MPP um, would be a great person to reach out to. Um, we'll be sharing updates about any opportunities to to have a say about this. Great. Thank you. And I actually have like one more question. Yeah. Um. So you obviously seem so, well, are so knowledgeable about not only Ontario Place, but all of the nature and really biology there. And so I was wondering how you went on from walking around this beautiful place to becoming so knowledgeable about the inner workings of it. Oh, that is, uh, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure I, I consider myself uh, as knowledgeable as I know there are many folks out there who who are. Essentially, I started walking around because I, I wanted to be close to the water and I, I've always been interested in, in birds and wildlife. Um, and when I really started to pick up just the diversity of, of species uh, around the site, I really was blown away. I mean, right now I, I record a lot of what I see on um, eBird. I think the records for eBird are about 180, 190 species. So I started to recognize just how critical the the Toronto waterfront is for for wildlife, and not just birds. I mean, there are beavers there, there are mink, um, coyotes, skunks, uh, all all kinds of you know turtles, all kinds of wildlife. In fall, you'll see a lot of monarch butterflies too. Uh, so you know, thinking about 
all of the pollinators uh, that are there. And uh, it was just so enjoyable to walk around and experience this. And then I started to learn that there was a, um, a development in the works. And as soon as it was revealed what was going to be built, I just felt devastated about the impact that that might have on on, on all of this uh, environment that's grown up around around uh, this very unique site. So I felt like volunteering with this group was one way to voice all of those concerns. Right. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, th- thank you very much. I'm I'm really happy to to be able to highlight uh, a site that is you know, a very iconic site for a lot of people that live in Ontario. And perhaps this is an aspect of it that is uh, maybe surprising and delightful. Thanks again to Francesca Buon for talking with me today. And I'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Anyone out there who'd like to get involved with the Toronto Field Naturalists can visit their website at torontofieldnaturalists.org. Again, that's torontofieldnaturalists.org. Shout out to Paul Overy, the show coordinator, and once again, I'm Kiana for CJRU, and this has been Toronto Nature Now. Make sure to tune in next time.